I'm Ricardo Fuller, and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. It's all right, everyone. I've calmed down a bit now. Welcome to another Wizards of Drivel preview pod. Today we're looking forward, if looking forward is the right term, to our game against Hull City at the Bet365 Stadium this weekend. And I'm joined by Dan Tomlinson, editor of Hull City fanzine, Fanatic Hull. Enjoy. Dan, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been a while since uh, Stoke have played Hull, so if you could give give us a kind of lowdown on what what's happening at you guys, because it seems from the outside looking in that there's a there's a lot going wrong. Yeah, oh, it's all down to the owners, really. The reason that Hull City have had such a you know, such a torrid couple of seasons. You know, the last year in the Premier League, uh, 2015-2016 was sorry, 2016-2017 was a nightmare, and obviously relegation followed in the Championship season. Everyone was expecting to go, you know, straight back up, but you know the signings weren't there, and it just didn't happen. And we've just got two owners at the club, and you know, nationally it's not well known, but we've got two owners at the club in the Alums that just, you know, they're just running the club into the ground, which is really sad to see. And you know, they don't care about you know, investment in the squad and they don't care about, you know, they don't even care about getting fans through the door. I mean, we've got no concession tickets, which pretty much, you know, sums up. I mean, we're only club in the football league that doesn't offer, you know, concession fans, concession tickets. So it's just been a downward, downward spiral. And I think everyone's got to the point now where they're just sick of it. And, you know, there's there's no love, you know, with the club when you go to home games now, the KCOM stadiums like a morgue. Luckily, this game's obviously at your place at the Bet365. And, you know, there will be some loyal City fans there, but, it's 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 just such a negative you know vibe at the minute, and it's it's only going one way. Like obviously, uh, it was a while ago that the Alums made the whole thing about rebranding the club Hull City Tigers, and uh, there was a lot of fan outrage about that. Has it sort of changed then from wanting to have things their own way, the fans kicking up a force quite rightly about it, and and then just kind of almost washing the hands of it and just not investing, not not caring about the future of the club. I think that's pretty much pretty much bang on, really. Uh, the second name change that they tried to do, obviously the FA blocked that when they tried to rebrand the club to Old Tigers. And since then, it, to me, you know, as a fan, it looks like they didn't get their own way. So they spit the dummies out and they're punishing the fans because the fans were very against the name change. They wanted to remain, you know, Hull City Association Football Club. And Sam especially really didn't like that. And I think since he has been in control, it's just been really, you know, vindictive. And it just seems really petty because and I think uh, a lot of it transpires to, you know, it's like, it's like it's like being on school playground at times. It's, you know, it really is pathetic. Like they installed the gate which blocked, you know, pedestrian access from the stadium to the, to the, the uh, Argyle Street, which is where the town is and also absolute nightmare, you know, for locals trying to get through to town. And it's just little things like that. You know, they removed the, council logos it's a council owned stadium and they removed their logo off the stadium last year and you know that's how far they're prepared to go and it's just so tedious now it's so boring and you know we just need them to sell and just just go and does that look like happening anytime soon uh, a a new owner coming in and and giving you that that bit bit of life back it's been reported you know the local media you know sort of try to hype it up but I there was a Chinese consortium that tried to buy Hull City a couple of seasons ago and you know that was hushed away and it never happened and Ehab seems to blame the location of Hull as being a downside and he reckons that 
you know, the, the hole being where it is, it's sort of, we're sort of like out on a limb, you know, we've got the River Umber here and no one goes through hole to go somewhere else. You either go to Wall or you don't come to Wall at all. And he reckons that's a, you know, that's a problem in selling the club. But to be honest with you, I, I, I go back to, well, you know, what I said, and I think it's just, it's just petty. And he said he'd sell two years ago and they're still here. So I'm not really optimistic to think that they'll go anytime soon. Not while there's still a Premier League parachute payment and there's still assets which they can cash in on here. You know, we've got some, Decent players like Jared Bowen, great young up-and-coming English player. We've got Kamal Grzycki, you know, it's definitely worth a few million quid and there's a lot of, you know, European teams interested in him. So I don't think they're going to go anywhere while there's money still to be, you know, great that. Mm. And one of those players you cashed in on was Sam Klukas, who has obviously come to our place and he's uh, injured at the moment. But uh, given the state of our midfield, there's kind of a lot of hopes being pinned on him. I mean, what kind of player have we got there? A really good player, uh, Sam Clocus. He's a grafter, and he fights for literally every inch on the field. And we was gutted when he went to Swansea. And he's, you know, really good player, and he's sort of the heartbeat of full, uh, full City's midfield. So it was a shame when he, you know when he went. We didn't really get much of opportunity at Swansea, which sort of made it you know from our end even more disappointing. But he definitely got a good player there for sure. Well, well, that's a positive at least, given the uh, result we had midweek in the state of our midfield. But. Um... You, you guys, you, you've had a, a, a mixed bag of a start to the season. Obviously, a couple of defeats in there at home, but uh, a decent result away at Rotherham on Tuesday night. Uh, uh, admittedly, yeah, you might say it's only Rotherham, but uh, three goals and you, from the videos I've seen, the fans seem to be enjoying themselves there. So are you seeing uh, any signs of positivity on the pitch? Uh, the response, when you think of I was at both games, the Blackburn game last Saturday was as bad as it gets. That was absolutely horrific. There was just nothing about all City that day. There was nothing in attack. There was no goal forward, just nothing at all. And they needed a response. And Nigel Atkins was very, you know, very upbeat about that. I mean, he's Mr. Positivity after all. He's probably the most optimistic. Fair, he did rally his players and they does seem to be a spirit there at least. We did see that at Rotherham, but I'm not getting too excited over a 3-2 away win at Rotherham, not when the defensive problems were still there to see. I mean, attacking-wise, City were great. They could have, you know, scored more than three goals. Uh, Jackson Arvan was absolutely fantastic. Fraser Campbell worked well. But for me, it's too much jackal and hard at the minute. It's very hard to love the club and what they're, what they're trying to achieve. But, you know, in answer to your question, away from home, City have been great this year. They had a you know, decent 1-1 draw at Sheffield Wednesday where they argue we should have won. Won in the Caribou Cup on penalties at Sheffield United and obviously Rotherham on Tuesday night. They got a you know good win. So away from home, I think that transpires to what we see with the owners because home, home games are just so downbeat and the atmosphere at home is toxic. Whereas away, it's sort of like a jolly ride. Everyone's you know up for it. And uh, at Tuesday, a great stadium as well, Rotherham, a great little ground and mm. just being there, it was just it was just nice to actually enjoy a football game again. And I think you know the twelve hundred City fans are actually there will share the, share the same sentiment. It was just nice to actually go to a football game, enjoy it, and come home happy. Yeah, I mean, given what you've said about your away form and uh, speaking of toxic atmospheres, I mean, we were booed pretty much from start to finish during our performance on Wednesday night. Are, are you looking to Stoke as as a place where you can pick up points now because we've gone from being quote-unquote promotion favourites to looking really, really poor in these four games. So are you are you at all optimistic of picking up some points here? It's it's kind of funny, actually, because I asked a local radio show and 
we all, we all asked each other who would our young championship favourite be for promotion, and two of the four lads actually said Stoke. So the start to the season has been a you know a bit perplexing. I can't really put my head around it. What's gone wrong? But you had a really bad finish to the Premier League, didn't you? I think you won two games. I think around saying in the calendar year of 2018, something's not right. Three managers again. We know what that feels like. We had four in 2017, so we, we know exactly what that's like, and it's tough. But you know, as a City fan going to Stoke on Saturday, you'd expect to get something out of it given the start that Stoke have had. I mean, Wigan, a newly promoted side, you know, Will Griggs scoring two goals in a three, you know, three 0 win. So that's still, that was still surprising. But then you'd you'd expect the result from Stoke. You'd expect to come up come out firing and that he haven't shown the capability to put, you know, two decent performances together yet. And our defence remains, you know, they can't, they can't defend set pieces and you put the ball in the box and you know, everyone's gasping. It, that's how bad it is at the minute. So it, it can literally go either way. I know that's a cliche, but I'm not really got enough positivity about me at the minute to suggest that City can go there and win. I think if they go there and get a draw, that, that's a great result. Mm. If you if you are to put your, your positive hat on and, uh, and hold do win... Uh, this weekend, where is that win likely to come from for you guys? You, you, you've mentioned your defence is pretty weak, but going forward, is it going to be the likes of Jared Bowen who, who get you the result? The two wingers on Tuesday were great, so if City are going to get a win, you'd like to think it'll come from the width and you know the dribbling ability that those two possess, and obviously that's Bowen and, and uh, Jackson Alvin on the left wing. I'll say again, was he was outstanding. It was probably his best performance in a City shirt since coming from Burton last season. He was he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, again, we've got in the middle of the field. He's a work in progress. You've got a youngster in Dan Batty. You've got a player who's still yet to really match his hype in Marcus Henriksen. He's he's improved. Don't get me wrong, but he's not hit the heights that we expected him to hit and we've got a Brazilian in Evandro who's you know had a terrific game in pre-season against Newcastle he ran the show and scored the first goal of the season against Villa he has looked good in Pats and if they, if they go forward and you know actually be a bit more ambitious in the way they play football then there is some danger there but I think the problem with City at the minute is if they don't get the wide players involved you know, the, the little shocking, and that, that was that was a prime example against Blackburn. Uh, Bowen was an ominous. You know, every time he got the ball, there was just no, no support, nothing for him to you know to do or aspire to do. And it was the same with Alvaran. But on Tuesday, that changed. So if they can support the wide players, then you know there's a reason for City fans to be optimistic. Hull mm. uh, had a, a very similar story to say. We came up uh, to the Premier League at the same time. Uh, you stayed up uh, in that first season under Phil Brown on the last day of the season. I think you went down the following season, but you've yeah, that's you've kind of dipped in and out of the Premier League throughout our our time there. I mean, uh, looking looking back, um, was it is it as easy to say that what went wrong for Hull was uh, the Alums taking over and and destroying the club from the inside? It's, it's ironic because when the Alums first came to the club, you know, they effectively stopped Hull City from going into administration. So they were the saviours. And this is this is two people that have, you know, been in the region for a long time. I am the father. He actually immigrated to East Yorkshire, you know, decades ago. And, and ERP's son was actually born, you know, in the East Yorkshire region. So they've actually been in, you know, in this part of the world for a very long time. And they were, they were well known before they took over the football club. And to be fair, they were loved. Uh, when they first took over, they oversee they oversaw a uh, promotion to the Premier League. You know they made the FA Cup final for the first time in Irish history. You know got into the Europe, which is unthinkable. You know if you asked me that ten years ago, I'd have laughed in your face and said you was in fantasy land. So mm. 
they create some special times at the club, but it all, it all really transpired to the no to Hull Tigers thing. They didn't get their own way. They spat the dummy out and then they introduced the membership scheme. And that was the final straw for many fans. And that was two years ago. And now you see the crowds, I mean, they were going really down. I mean, talking, there's actually more empty seats in the KCOM Stadium now than there is fans in attendance. So that's all everything you need to know. And it's, it's just been a down, downward spiral from, from that membership scheme, you know, really. And it's, it's a shame because there was potential there. And I think every City fan, even the anti-Ellen ones now, will say that there was potential for them to be, you know, to be real heroes and create something special. But their own stubbornness and their own pettiness not to accept what the fans wanted has ultimately cost them. And I think now you're looking at probably 5% of the fan base that actually supports them. Yeah, it's a it's a horrible story. I've been to Hull a couple of times uh, when Stoke were in the Premier League with you and what I felt like people like have a kind of perception as of Hull as a city and being just all rugby league and obviously it's a massive rugby league city but uh, the the fans I've spoken to in Hull were really knowledgeable about football really welcoming to away fans all the rest of it and to see that that go is is a massive shame and again you're not the only club kind of alone in that having having an owner who treats the fans like garbage and it's it's kind of symptomatic of of football that once you guys got relegated from the Premier League, these stories don't don't really appear in the mainstream press as much. I didn't know about the the thing blocking the fans' exits into town and the membership scheme and the rest of it. And I, I try to keep an eye eye on things the best I can. So it's it's kind of worrying that if you're not in the Premier League. You're not Newcastle United under Mike Ashley. You're not going to get these these things written about you. Uh, how have you found kind of uh, running a fanzine in that kind of uh, environment? Have you have you found yourself writing stuff and kind of just like trying to get anyone possible to read it? I mean, what's the kind of reception to the fanzine been like? It's tough. I won't lie. It's been really tough because we started the fanzine. After, just after the membership team came into place and obviously that was very controversial there was a lot of people that were against it but there was also a lot of people I mean even now as a you know as a paying adult I can get in at either the end for 15 pound for an own game it's not point getting a you know a membership now when you can do that so it's great you just load up your match card and you know off you pop into the stadium so that aspect of it is good but there was a lot of anti alum you know vibes coming around from the fan base back then and it was tough to fill a fanzine, you know, just just about the owners. You know, there was barely any anything about the actual football going into it, which, don't get me wrong, was pretty poor. I mean, last season, our defence was atrocious. Scoring goals weren't a problem under Leonard Skutsky, but then Adkins came in and the goals dried up a little bit. We had a bit of a crazy end to the season. I think we had a five-all draw at Bristol City on the second-to-last game of the season, which was nothing short of crazy. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been... It's just been it's been really tough, don't get me wrong, but this season it's picked up a bit. We try to you're trying to push the elements to one side, but then on the other hand, I mean I've got mates who have got kids and you know, they can't they can't take their kids to football because it's too expensive. You know, it's if you want to go in the East Stand, for example, the side stand, it's twenty six pounds to bring, you know, an eight year old, which is just wrong. You know, and when you've got kids paying adult prices, it's it's unforgivable and I'll repeat you know, ninety two clubs in you know, the Premier League and the Football League, and we're the only club that doesn't offer concession tickets. It's it's disgraceful when you think about that. And I know people have swore to go because they won't pay full prices for kids. 
I, I, and again, that's another thing I had no idea. That's genuinely incredible that the kids have to pay adult prices, and it's my my heart goes out to you. I mean, we you know we think we've got problems, and you know I've I've mown my arse off about Stoke plenty of times on this podcast. But um, uh, say what you like about our owners, I don't think he's he's as vicious as the owners of some other clubs. So. Um, I wish you guys all the best, albeit not for uh, the game on Saturday. Uh, are you are you going down to the Bet365? I'm actually not going, no. Super fan, I'm not going. Uh, it was either Rotherham or Stoke and we chose Rotherham. Um, the game for us will be reading. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably a wise choice, the uh, Rotherham game. A lot closer for you guys anyway. Um, but uh, on the, uh, finally, uh, on the game, then can I have a score prediction from you? Yeah, I'm going to go one all draw. And to be honest, uh, before yesterday, a lot of Stoke fans said they won't, won't, they won't take that, but I think a lot of them may be doing now. So uh, we'll see if that turns out to be the case. Uh, Dan, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. All right. Cracking. Cheers, mate. See you in a bit. No Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.